Hi, this is Jim Brangenberg, the host of the I Work For Him radio show. Thanks for listening to the I Work For Him podcast, where we discuss our workplace as our mission field. The live version of our show can be heard each weekday afternoon at 3 p.m. Eastern on AM 570 and 910 WTBN, locally in the Tampa Bay area, and worldwide on the web at letstalkfaith.com or iHeartRadio. Our website, iWorkForHim.com, has great resources on how you can learn about how your workplace can be your mission field. And also check out the sponsors that bring you the radio show each and every day. And while you're there on I Work For Him, click on the I Work For Him Nation flag and prayerfully consider joining the I Work For Him Nation. Join thousands around the globe praying for their coworkers and employees by name each and every day. That's IWorkForHim.com. I Work, the number four, Him.com. Remember, your workplace is your mission field, and in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Thanks again for listening. I hope this broadcast will make an impact on your life so that you'll never look at your workplace the same again. Let's get to today's show. You've tuned into the fastest one hour in Christian talk radio. And on Tuesdays, we, well, we call it Together on Tuesdays with Jim and Martha Brangenberg as we focus on your marriage, your relationship issues. And today we've got a little twist on that. And I'll get to that in just a minute. But Martha, it's a beautiful day here in Florida, isn't it? It sure is. I got to spend the weekend with our daughter up in Iowa this weekend where it was 25. And if any of you follow me on Facebook, you saw my picture on the ice sprawled out, just hugging the ice. It was amazing. It felt good to you, didn't it? It did. 25, windy. Oh, it was like being home. Yes. I know. know. Sick and twisted. That's what many of you are thinking. But it's great. I have a wife who supported me. There is weather for everybody. There is weather for everybody, but not here in Florida. There's only certain kind of weather in Florida. Only the best weather. Only the best weather. You know, Martha, today we're going to talk about things that get in our way of God giving us all of his best. Mm-hmm. Have we ever done anything to get to get in the way of God giving us his best? Oh, probably, because we get in the way. <laughs> I mean, in our lives, we're human. Uh, I think that we all probably have struggled at different times with getting in the way. Think, Not necessarily thinking we were getting in the way, thinking we were maybe helping. Yeah, no, I, I bet that. We've got a guest today that's joining us, Melissa Weathersby, and she wrote this book, Are You Arresting Your Blessing? And it really talks about, hey, are we getting in the way of God giving us what he's got best for us today? Melissa Weathersby, welcome to I work for him. So glad to be with you all. Thank you for having me today. Well, I'm just going to tell everybody now, if you get into one of those coughing fits, go ahead and just mute your phone. No big deal. We'll talk. You know, I'm sorry that you're not feeling great today, but I'm yeah. so grateful that you're giving us a shot. Keep a, keep you. that keep that hot tea and honey sitting right That's next right. to you. Thank you so much. It's our weather, uh, you were talking about weather. Um, I think we're going to have like 80-something degrees today, and it goes down to the 40s tonight. So whatever is blowing around the air has... Uh, tried to arrest my blessings, but that's not going to happen. <laughs> right. That's right. All right. So you're a leadership expert. You're an author. You're a speaker. You're a financial literacy advocate and a real estate broker. I'm not sure what you don't do. But when, you, <laughs> when you look at 2017, what would you like to see the Lord do in your life, shape in your life this year? Well, I certainly um, am looking forward to completing my dissertation uh, for graduate work. I'm actually studying the need for financial literacy in higher education, even though we know it starts well before that. But I see so many people uh, suffering in their finances, and, you know, God has given us a blueprint, but I'm actually putting some applied research to um, some scripture to, to try to help 
um, the body of Christ, but also just people in general. There's so much bondage, Jim, that I, I see all around me, uh, and we know the scriptures have remedies for all of it, but um, until people see it uh, in black and white on paper about what we're, we're lacking in, I, I can't seem to get through. So that, that's really, um, 2017 for me is a year of being intentional. Well, and intentionally finishing what I start. So I'm praying that I can finish this this year and move into um, other areas. Well, Martha and I congratulate you on mm-hmm. pursuing that doctoral dissertation. Oh, my goodness. When I left my, gra- my, my just my bachelor's degree, I'm thinking I'm never going back. Oh, my goodness. Good <laughs> so I'm grateful that you got that done. It's phenomenal. And you're right, financial literacy. And what's funny is in higher education, it's needed more and more, especially in the seminary, because they need to teach pastors about how to handle money because all of them end up handling a big budget. And most of Amen. them, all they've been taught is how to study the, the Bible. But they don't understand Amen. how to handle money. So it's, mm. it's, it's crazy. All so right, are well, you saying you want to read it when she's done? I'll read your dissertation <laughs> when it's done. But I'm not going to proofread it. Talk to me about why did you write this book about the blessings of God? <laughs> well, it's interesting. Um, I think I've always been a closet author and... Um, I've got it. Let me let me dial that this back for a second. I have a very expensive hobby. I uh, am in love with horses. I was one of those girls that that was horse crazy and never grew out of it. My parents are still probably trying to figure out why did they get me hooked on this stuff. <laughs> so um, throughout high school and college, I was always a very good writer. But I I just figured that hey, there's not enough money in writing um, to take care of this expensive hobby. So I just kind of left it alone. Um, after uh, getting into the workforce and getting into uh, banking and real estate, I moved from San Antonio, my hometown, um, after a divorce and moved to Dallas and was involved with a deliverance ministry there. And I inquired of the Lord one evening after one of the services, and I said, Lord, you know, how is it that your people, it's not the unbelievers or the unsaved, how is it that your people are so... um, wrapped in bondage, what, what is that? And he said to me, he said, my people arrest their own blessings. And I was like, what? What do you, what do you mean? You know, am I arresting my blessing? That was really the first question I asked. Like, am I doing that? And so he gave me these five keys, and he said, I want you to share this with the world. Hmm. And so me not really being what I would have considered an author, but uh, just wanting to do what he asked me to do, I, I wrote down what he said, but I didn't put it into a book till several years later because, again, I, I just didn't think, you know, I, I thought, who's going to listen to me? You know, I, I'm, I don't have a platform. I don't, you know, have a, a ministry. So who would listen? And I, I just am blown away by doing what he said and putting it out there that the book is now uh, on six continents. So I, tell I, me, I'm amazed. That wow. is, that is amazing. And it's, it, and it's great. It's just, it's as crazy as when we talk about the radio show, and we realize, yeah, six continents. We really tried to get an Antarctica. We actually tried to pull <laughs> some triggers. We had missionary friends who had missionary friends going to Antarctica and they were going to try to tune in, but there's no internet in Antarctica. Hey, but we could have wow. sent her a book with them. There's so. only shortwave radio. Yeah, we should have sent a book. Yeah. So, but w- what opened your eyes up to see that people were wrapped in bondage? I mean, you, you said, Lord, why, why is it you seems like yeah. Christ, Christ followers are wrapped in bondage? What, what did you see? that made you think that? Week after week, people were coming, because it was a Friday night service, and they would be crying and weeping, and the prophetess would always, you know, give a word to, to, you know, whoever the Lord was telling her to speak to. 
But I would see this over and over, and I kept thinking, why are these people crippled? You know, why why is there um, so much angst in their lives, whether it be in finances, you know, they, they lost a job, or they're, they're losing their home. Um, they were... Uh, not where they want to be in life. And I kept saying, Lord, what is that? You know, I I thought that as Jesus professing people, you know, I didn't realize that we can have open doors in our lives that the enemy will have legal access to to tie our hands or really to tie up God's hands, not even our hands, because people would be trying so hard to get to the next level and they just seemed like they couldn't, whether they were getting divorced, uh, their kids were out of control, whatever it was, like, it just kept coming back week after week, and I, and I used to just sit there and think, wow, these people are suffering, and these are God's people. It's not, again, like, people that had never heard of the gospel, people that weren't active uh, churchgoers, but these were people that truly, um, it, 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 you could see it on them. Right. They, they and, were in pain. And and mm-hmm. I and I you see that all the time in Christ followers, and I really think it has to do with the fact that they don't recognize the power that has been given to them Amen. in the Holy Spirit, and, yes. and 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 they well, and a lot of them don't read the Bible to find <laughs> out what the scriptures say about the power of the Holy Spirit, and and a lot of them don't have never read that spot where Jesus said, "Hey, you're going to end up doing greater things than I have done." People don't read that stuff, and yeah. and, and when we talk about the tidal wave of revival that is going to start in the workplace. We talk, the only thing that's going to happen that is Christ followers who understand that the power that we have within us is greater than the power of he that is in the world. And and that's, what's really cool. Martha, it's such a great conversation. What Melissa said a few minutes ago uh, about the fact that she noticed that so many Christ followers seem to be wrapped up in bondage. And really, we've seen it. So many Christ followers um, operate with zero power in their faith. Right. And um, in fact, that is um, one of the things that we love to hear when you're talking about the fact that Jesus says, I need to leave so the Holy Spirit can come and I can, he will do a greater thing and do it through our lives. So let's welcome back Melissa Weathersby to I Work For Him. Melissa, thanks so much for being on the air with us today and sharing your book. We're so grateful. I'm excited. I I was just thinking about what you were saying earlier about how many uh, Christians don't even, uh, they don't read the Bible. And and this is a a preface, really, of what the Lord, the the morning he spoke to me, uh, I was getting ready for work, and he said, could you um, read without knowing your ABCs? And I stopped in my tracks like, what? Where did that come from? I'm like, of course not. He said, could you do your mortgage business without knowing your one, two, threes? And I'm like, Lord, of course not. You already know these answers and you're scaring me when you ask me that kind of stuff because I, <laughs> I know that you know. So what, what don't I know? And he said, well, so it is with my people. He said, see, the thing is you have to know your alphabet in order to write a sentence, in order to read, in order to comprehend. He said, my people... Don't they, they look at, at my word as if there's some, some fantasy stories or some, you know, fiction. He said, but my principles are in the, the word. And so mm-hmm. you have to understand the principles, the, the elementary piece, the nursery school pieces, in order to apply them to your life. You know, if you don't understand, you know, what, what the principles in each chapter are saying to you, then, then you're not going to be able to, to graduate. He said, most of my people, they've never left the kindergarten place, but they want to, you know, be in college. And I thought, <laughs> wow, you know, mm. we can't go to the next level until we have passed the first. <laughs> God is well, God of and- order. And at least with God, he, he says, you know what, I can... Um, 
you'll never fail. You just get to repeat. You don't ever well, fail but there's, with God. But there's, uh. the issue is a lot of churches um, do not encourage people to get up out of the pews and get into the battle. And, right. and that's really, and, and on this show, we're constantly doing that. And that's, you know, when, when I read your book, of course, I, I expressed, you know, skepticism to you because I said, okay, all right, you mentioned in the book and in a lot of online interviews that this is not a health and wealth conversation. And that was very important to me because yeah. I don't believe that God has said that everybody's going to be healthy and everybody's going to be wealthy because there's no examples of that in the scripture. They've got unhealthy right. people and unwealthy people in the scriptures. Yeah. But this book that you're writing is about abiding and receiving God's favor. Uh, and and God wants the best for us because he set it Amen. up for Adam and Eve in the beginning uh, for them to flourish. And there's so many of us Christ followers who aren't flourishing. We're, we're really wallowing in mud instead of flourishing in the fields. That's right. And, and blessing does not mean um, money or health or anything. Blessing is defined as the invoking of God's favor upon a person, or favor or gift bestowed on, but bestowed by God, thereby bringing happiness. So it, it it's a multitude of things. It's not just you know. There's a lot of um, depressed millionaires. You know, it's not uh, just money. Most it's of not. them. Yeah, That's most right. of them. All right. So how did you first come to be a Christ follower? Oh goodness. Um, I actually grew up in religion. <laughs> I grew up, um, my, my, my mom was a devout Catholic, and so I was always at church, and I, and I thank God for having um, a, a parent, and not that my, my dad was military, by the way, so he was TDY a lot, so mom and my sister and I, you know, spent most of our time together while he was away working, but I, I thank God for having um, the habit of church in my life, that every Sunday we were there. You know, that's just what we did. That's just church was part of our life. God was part of our life, um, and there was a reverence for the Lord um, that was always there. You know, He's holy. Um, now, I didn't really understand Him until later on um, in, in my senior year, because my mom said, "Well, if you want to go to a different church, you, I, I just want you to be confirmed, <laughs> no matter what. You know, and it has to be Christ-centered." So, yes, they led us through the sinner's prayer. I had no clue what all that was. I just did what my mom wanted. And then I went to a full gospel church, and boy, did I get baptized in the Holy Spirit. That's when I started learning about the Word and, and about um, a relationship, not religion, with the Lord. And, and right. I, I, that was my senior year in high school. So when I went to college, I, I, I thank God for the timing. You know, it, it, he, I learned about him before I left mom and dad and, and could really get into some big trouble. <laughs> and uh, continued on with, like, the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. I was on the, the rodeo team in college, and so I was— They had a rodeo Wednesday. team at college. I knew she I was know, in right? Texas. <laughs> That's the wow. I told you about, the horse. My That's right. thought this book was going to be a horse book. You know, when I said, I'm writing a book, they thought, oh, it's a horse book. So we always <laughs> laugh about that. But, no, I really found the Lord when I started going to a five-fold ministry. I, you know, it was, it was, I guess, what they would have considered Pentecostal, um, but it was just more— like I said, full gospel. Well, they're just it, it teaching was, about the fact of the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And, and what's, that's what's amazing is how many churches out there don't talk about the power of the yes. Holy Spirit in our lives. And, yes. and, and, it, and it doesn't matter what, what 
denomination of church, they downplay. I mean, I, I just, you look through the amazing stories in the Bible and God did amazing things using people, but okay. it was always for his glory. And okay. it was always, unex- the, the amazing things were always unexplainable. Like Joshua walking around Jericho. Hey, what are you doing today? We're walking. What are you doing? <laughs> we're going to conquer Jericho. What are you doing? Walking. Oh, but on Friday, we're blowing our horns. Seriously, we're going to blow horns. <laughs> or, 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 or Gideon and, and, and his 300 guys. What are you going to do? We're going to crack pots. Really? Right. Yeah, but we're going to take the Midianites over. How are you going to do it? We're cracking pots. That's what God told us to do. We're cracking. We're going to shout, though. We're going to shout, and we're going to crack pots. And, and, and what did Jesus do? He tra- transformed the world by touching the lives of people, no matter where they were at in their sin lives. He loved everybody right where they were at. It was just amazing. That's right. That's right. All right, so these five categories of things that you said could really get in the way of us receiving the favor and blessings that God has in store for us. We get five things, faith, obedience, words, oaths, and pledges, and forgiveness. And, and I want to I, I wanna mix it up a little bit, but I want to start with just where did you come up with these five items? This, this is exactly what he gave me because I said, Lord, what do you mean that, you know, uh, we arrest our own blessings? And, he, you know, the, the question he asked back in the subtitle of my book, Are You Waiting on God or Is God Waiting on You?, so are you arresting your blessing? Are you stopping uh, or are in the state of being stopped? Your blessings are being stopped. Uh, are you waiting on God or is he waiting on you? And I said, well, what, what are the keys? You know, how do we unlock the, the bondage? You know, what do we do? And so the first one was faith because we know it's impossible to please God without it. So it's to have trust and confidence in God. That's the first one. Uh, and then, of course, obedience, doing what he says. Because sometimes, Jim, we have a tendency to... Uh, super spiritualize everything, and and like you said, it's it's the basics. It's called walk. Okay, you're gonna walk for however long I tell you, and then when you stop, you're gonna blow a horn. It's not. Oh my gosh, we've got to. You know, it, it's not that deep. You know, sometimes they make it too deep. Um, we complicated. Have to obey him. They make yeah. it complicated because religion's complicated. It's about that's, money, power, and control. Right. Complicated as you can make it, but that's Jesus right. said you got to become like children to receive the gospel. And it's there, that simplicity. That Again, that's right. Yeah. The ABCs, the one, two, threes. It's it's. It, he's not hard. He's he's not complicated. He just isn't, and he makes it easy. And he and actually he gives us the, the answers. Well, he maybe that's what Michael what Jackson was talking. What when he was singing that song? Maybe that's what he was talking about. ABC one, two, three. Maybe that's what he was talking about. <laughs> There's a song for everything in your head. Well, that was when I was like five years old when the Jackson Five cartoon came out. Absolutely, that'll be our our revival song. A B C one. There you go. Absolutely. (laughs) (sighs) Sorry, that was just when you said A B C one two three. That's exactly what came into my head right there. Sorry. All right, but I told my mom I never listened to the words. Okay. All right. So faith, obedience, words. What do you mean by words? What do you mean? spoken word, what we're saying, what we're saying out, you know, out loud, what we're saying to ourselves, our self-talk, uh, the way that we maybe talk about other people or situation, um, the things that we release, because we're created in God's image and likeness, and He spoke the world into existence. Uh, many people don't realize that they're speaking their their atmosphere or their circumstances into existence because they keep speaking negatively. I'll never lose weight. Uh, I'll never get out of debt. Uh, I'll never find, you know, the right spouse. I'll never, whatever, you name it, they're saying Mm -hmm. it. And then they wonder why they're still stuck where they are. Um, 
Proverbs 18 and 21 says that uh, there's power. The power of life and death is, is in the tongue. And those that uh, love to use it are going to eat its fruit. And we have to realize that we're eating the fruit of our words. <laughs> we're eating what we say. I mean, we're actually manifesting what we're speaking. Um, and we've got to be careful because, again, I don't believe that this is this was so powerful. This really changed my, my whole uh, mindset because I didn't realize until the Lord took me deep into this about even what power means. It, it, the, the Scripture says that the tongue has the power of life and death, and power, by definition, is the legal ability, capacity, or authority for something. So we have to understand that that our words have legal ability in the atmosphere. And so when we keep speaking something over and over or something spoken over us by somebody in authority, even our parents, a teacher, um, a pastor, um, that can bring a curse. You know, right, those lies. It's the lies that we believe. And, yeah. we, and Martha and I, and often in mentoring people, we're like, okay, what are the lies that you've been taught all your life that you've come to believe? Because we got to break the power of those lies before you can move forward. I mean, it's incredible. All right, so oaths and pledges. What do you mean there? we got 90 yeah. seconds till we got to go to break. Oh, goodness. Oaths. Oaths and pledges are huge. Uh, again, these are things that, um, that you give... Uh, as security for the payment of something, or again, when, when you vow something, vows, pledges, and oaths are all together. Um, when you pledge something along with um, money, um, that's kind of uh, surety, right, or security for something like collateral. And right. it's very important that you're careful about what you are pledging when you make these prayer requests, because if you don't do what you say you're going to do, then you could also tie up God's hands. We have to be very uh, careful about what we're pledging or what we're vowing. Um, okay, and very, hit the last one, forgiveness. Forgiveness, oh, that's the big one, and that's why it's the last key in the book, because if I would have started there, it would not have been good. <laughs> <laughs> um, we have to be very, uh, we have to understand that when Jesus made um, his prayer, and he said, you know, forgive us as, as we forgive others, you know, forgive Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive others. We have to keep in mind that we're being forgiven as we forgive somebody else. This is a very nice, easy read that will punch you in the face. But it will open (laughs) up your eyes to what God's really got in store for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was it was a great little book. It was it was one of those I love books like that because it's very poignant, very right to the point, just striking, right to the point without a lot of dancing around the issues. And you didn't and you, feel like you, you had have, to write You've hit the nail on the head right there, Jim, and I, I thank God for just you speaking that because I didn't want to even put this book out there because I thought it was that too simple or too basic. And I have found over and over and over again, hopefully I'm encouraging other authors out there to hear just just the message is the message. You don't have to, you know, have 13,000 concordances to, to go through this and figure it out. Well, I read a lot of books. In fact, already this year I've read 13 books. And wow. I, in reading books, what I find is that a lot of people can write a book and get their point across in 100 pages, but a lot of people have been told in order for it to be a bestseller, it needs to be 200 pages. So they take 200 yeah. pages to write what you can write in 100. Wow. <laughs> Which is just, you know, a lot of words for me to read because I have a lot of books to read. All right. So, Melissa, as we talked to you about your book today, Are You Arresting Your Blessing? Just reiterate, we got a lot of people that just signed on with us that are just coming off of work, that work the 7 to 3.30 shift, and they're tuning in today right here live in Tampa Bay, or the people, again, uh, this is rebroadcast in lots of different places. 
just tell people what happened. What did the what did God reveal to you about this? Are you arresting your blessing? Well, again, I, I think overall it was the fact that He wants to bless His people. He He wants to bless us, but we are are doing things that are tying up His hands. Um, either we don't believe, the first key about faith. Um, sometimes it's easier for us to believe for somebody else than it is for ourselves mm. because we're harboring stuff. Um, and that was an area for me, too, that I could have so much more faith for somebody else um, than myself because of whatever was in my past or what, the, the stuff that I was believing about myself. So I had to clean that up. Um, didn't realize that that was a hindrance. You know, well, had no idea that having a lack of faith um, really kind of like Peter when he got out of the boat. You know, mm-hmm. he, he began to to look around, and then he sang. He, his faith was, you know, <laughs> it wasn't where it should have been. Right, and I but, think that, but, 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 but <laughs> Peter got out of the boat. There's the other right. 11 idiots, I mean, excuse me, the other 11 ah. founders of church, they all <laughs> stayed in the boat. Peter was the only one that got out of the boat. Everybody always criticized Peter because he had his lack of faith. I know you weren't. Well, no. But a lot of people, but he got out of the boat. Oh, you have little faith. So Jesus kind of helps me in that area. Well, I understand. I understand. But he's the only one that got out. Everybody else, everybody else sitting in there going, I'm not getting out of the boat. He's crazy. I think it just goes back to your whole idea of the ABCs and the one, two, threes and the fact that, you know, we are given milk, but eventually. Um, to grow up. And so this whole concept of needing to understand the foundation, I think you do a really good job of setting up the foundation. In fact, I talked to Jim on the break, how our pastor always talks about how our culture has changed the definition for the word love. And I think that the Christian community has, or the religious community has kind of taken over the the definition of blessing. And so that's why you setting up and explaining really what a blessing is, is foundational to understanding what your book is really all about. Well, and if there's any question that your book resonates with our listening audience, the phones, all the lines are filled with people right now. Praise God. uh, Wow. Isn't that great? Okay. So let's, let's hit a couple of these chapters. We're not going to give it all away, but what we're talking about is today is what what is going on in your life as a Christ follower that's keeping you from receiving the favor of God, from receiving the blessing, what he intended to put on, on you in your life. And I want to talk about forgiveness, because if there's one thing that, as Martha and I do a lot of marriage mentoring, Melissa, and if there's one thing that we see that really holds people back from actually having an awesome marriage, it's a lack of forgiveness. And But Jesus talks so much about forgiveness, and he says, hey, if you're not going to forgive, you're going to have an issue with me. I got yeah. issues with you. In fact, if you're at the altar and you got an issue with a buddy, leave your gift at the altar, go take care of the issue, then come back. You know, So he's very, how have you seen forgiveness in your own life or lack of forgiveness in your own life keeping you from moving forward in, in depth in your relationship with your Heavenly Father? Well, first of all, forgiveness is a verb. <laughs> so it's something that you have to do. It's mm-hmm. not something that you get to just talk about or think about. It's something that you get to do. Um, and by definition, it means to cease to blame or hold resentment against, uh, to grant pardon for a mistake or wrongdoing, or to free or pardon someone from penalty, and to free from the obligation of, meaning they don't owe you anything. Like when you free them, that means it's over with, it's done, uh, move on. That you don't, you don't keep 
kind of dangling that in their face and saying, look what you did, or that that person has to repay you now. Um, when you let it go, also, uh, because, because for me, um, and, and I think I spoke of this earlier, um, I went through a divorce many, many, many years ago, and so it's kind of good for me to be this far out of it because I can look back and say, oh, okay, now now I can see what I couldn't see when I was in it. But um, a lot of times that we, we hold things over people that they – once. Once it's out there, once the offense is done, it's not like they can take it back. So you're asking for the impossible because well, somebody can't unsay what they said or undo what they did. No, so, but, but what's cool about mm-hmm. forgiveness and what's tough about forgiveness is forgiveness is for us. Right. It costs us something to That's forgive. Right. We have to That's give right. up our hold on whatever it is that we've got inside. But it is also the most freeing thing yes. that we can do. <laughs> It is. Because it does, uh, our lack of forgiveness can absolutely impede so many things in our lives. Hey, yeah. we're, talk, we're talking today with Melissa Weathersby, who wrote this book, Are You Arresting Your Blessing? And there's five different categories of things that Melissa wrote about in the book. And one of them is a lack of forgiveness really getting in the way of a deeper relationship with our Heavenly Father where he's an where he is enabled in our lives to to show us his favor and to bless us as he intends, but a lack of forgiveness really gets in our way. Melissa, what when you look at the lack of forgiveness, how have you seen it in people's lives where they had an extraordinary lack of forgiveness and it was keeping them really from experiencing God in so many ways and you saw them go work through that and then you saw their lives turn? Have you, have you ever seen an example of that? I've seen a lot of people hold grudges, and then when they realize that uh, forgiveness is their release, they're able to move forward. I've seen um, a lot of my friends' marriages healed from that. Um, I have seen uh, in my personal life where uh, maybe being upset at a boss or, you know, something like that, that they did something that was, was blatantly wrong, but I let it go, and then I got the raise, or I got the promotion, or I got the better. <laughs> but I didn't get the short end of the stick like I thought I would because I just let it go. Lord, it's in your hands. It's 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 what it is. Bless them and and just keep moving your feet. But but again, I think forgiveness is almost like your faith muscle. I, I look at them as muscles. Mm-hmm. Like when you go to the gym, you got to build up. You know, you just all of a sudden just don't go and, and bench press 400 pounds. You've got you to kind of work into that sometimes. And sometimes what we're experiencing, what most believers don't understand, is that God is, is he's, he's getting us prepared, or he's, he's actually bringing us through things so that we're stronger and we're, we're more fit. Like you, you can run a, ma- a marathon only after so much training. You can't just go out and run 26 miles. You've got to get prepared for that. And so there's little things that, that we keep going through, these little tests. I keep telling people you can't have, you know, a testimony without a test. And Amen you can't really have that. a message without a mess. So you're <laughs> oh, wait a I've never heard that one. I like that. You can't have a message without a mess. I That's like right. that. The, I've heard that I can't have a testimony without a test, but I've never heard you can't have you a can't have message, message without, without a mess. So you might as well just, just say, thank you, Lord, and let me have a message out of whatever is going on so that you don't get stuck. And See, the, the, the bait of offense is, is so strong. The enemy loves to, to bait you with offense because he knows what this does. <laughs> yes, he, he does. Knows it. He knows what it's going to do. He knows what Jesus said, you know, when he said this is how you should pray. But, you know, a lot of times, you know, 
Matthew uh, 6, 9, 14, and 15 says, For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. That went through me like a hot poker. I said, okay, Jesus, nobody's worth this. The thought of not having the Father forgive me because Mm -hmm. I'm holding a grudge, it's just not worth it. It, nobody or no, no thing in this life is worth not having my Heavenly Father forgive me. When I look at what, what that scripture that you just said, hey, your Heavenly Father won't forgive you, it, it's, it's not like we lose our salvation, but what it does no. is it damages our relationship with our Heavenly Father, and He's waiting for us to fix it. Yes. And, we, and, and, it's, and it's holding us, we're, we're in a stuck pattern. Are you pattern. waiting on God, or is He waiting on you? Right, yes. and, and in that point in time, when we're holding on to unforgiveness, He's waiting on us. He's like, come on, grow up, That's get right. rid of it. But the enemy loves to, to just go, oh, come on. But remember what they did. Remember what they did. That's and, right. and, and, and when we compare ourselves to other people, it's easy to, to feel high and mighty. But when we remember what Jesus did, That's it right. puts us completely into perspective and says, oh, yeah, but wait a minute. Jesus didn't have to die, but he did. And he died for my sins. Amen. And I'm sinning right now, being bitter and angry and abusive and abrasive. I got, this is ridiculous. I got to, I got to be released from this thing. All right. So that's forgiveness. That's a way it can get in the way of us receiving true favor from God and blessings from God. And again, let's remind people that what blessings are that we're talking about. Melissa, why don't you give some perspective? And we talk about, are you arresting your blessing? What are some of those things? We're not telling people we're guaranteeing health or wealth because that's not scriptural. What kind of blessings are we talking about here? That's right. It's not monetary at all, but it could be happiness. It could be joy. Um, it could be um, better relationships. It could just just feeling good because even that, <laughs> in these days, sometimes can could seem hard to, to just be happy about things. But there's non tangibles. Like I said, I don't believe that it's it's necessarily uh, stuff. It's not materialistic stuff. I think these are the things that that really just going to bed at night uh, feeling good, um, enjoying good relationships, just enjoying a good life. You know, no matter what that looks like to you, no matter where you live, you could still be happy wherever it is that you are, and that's joy. That that is a blessing. That's great, and and I and I encourage people to get your book and read it for themselves. And one of the things I wanted to point out is in the back, you have just in case they don't have access to the scripture themselves, you have like over thirty pages of the scriptures that back up these different keys and help to you know be the meat behind it right in the right in the book. So yeah. there is no question where the truth comes from. And I, I just wanted to point that out for our listeners, because to us, that's really important. It's not not just something that you thought up. Number one, the, the Lord spoke to you and said, this is something I want to tell you, and I want you to tell it to other people. And then there's scripture to, to explain that and to help people to understand it. And I just, I think that that's a, a key element of your book. Thank you. Mm-hmm. All right, so we've got just about a minute till we got to go to break. So let's start talking about words and how those can then can block the blessing of God. And I love when you said self-talk because oh, we yeah. often talk about it. And in fact, I think we talked about it in the air yesterday where we argue in our mind. We we have arguments with people in our head. Sometimes we we're we're having we're having con- angry conversations with other people. That's the unforgiveness part. But sometimes we call ourselves stupid, and sometimes we, we, we just we constantly speak negatively into our head. So, okay, in 30 seconds or less, go ahead and, and describe that, and we'll come back to it when we come back from the break. 
Well, again, if the, if the tongue has the power of life and death, sometimes we speak death over our, our situations or ourselves. And so, yes, we can say that we're dumb, that we're stupid, um, that we're no good. You know, there's things that we'll speak over ourselves that unfortunately will hinder uh, movement. Mm. Well, if you ever want to really contemplate, this is one of those concepts that you really need to just sit back and be quiet because our Heavenly Father deeply desires a relationship with us that is free-flowing. He has so much in store for us, but it has nothing to do with what we think is what God wants for us. You know, we often think, well, if God loved me, he'd give me everything I wanted. But because God loves us, he won't give you everything you wanted. Because if he gave you everything you wanted, it'd all be in a way of you having a great relationship with him. So mm-hmm. the book is titled, Are You Arresting Your Blessing? And Melissa, we've it's a fast-moving show. We got four and a half minutes left till we're done. Wow. I wanna talk <laughs> I wanna talk about how our words, how our self-talk get in the way. Can you give us an example of in your life of how words got in the way of God blessing you? Oh, certainly. I really believe that um just having a negative um, mindset even uh, and not realizing that you could just speak to the mountain. You know, Jesus said, speak to the mountain and tell it where to go uh, instead of just coming into agreement with whatever was coming, you know, my direction. Uh, I've, I've seen negative words that I've spoken, you know, about a situation delay uh, a lot of things, uh, again, in the workplace, because that's, again, I, I feel like there's so much ministry uh, in industry, Jim. I, I really am, am somebody who believes that the church really is probably more in the industry than they are in the building of the church. Mm-hmm. Amen. But I have certainly um, just been frustrated and will speak something or will say something that doesn't align with the Word of God, and then the Lord will remind me, is that really what I said about the situation? And I'll have to go and repent and say, okay, no, you're right. Let me not let my emotions get the best of me. And I, and I think once I learn Well, like, how give to, me an example. Give me an example of that. Um, a, a job promotion that somebody got that I thought I should have had, uh, and, and the interview committee said, oh, yes, we chose you, but somebody came back around on the other side that was an administrator and said, no, we really, we're going to go ahead and put this other person in. And it frustrated me to the point where I thought, I don't want to deal with this anymore. And then a month later, <laughs> after I, I said, okay, Lord, what? there's nothing, nobody gets promoted without your, you allowing it. So mm-hmm. I repent for that. Uh, the next month, the very next month, I was awarded a national award for leadership. And so it was like, had I had taken the other way, I probably would not have gotten that promotion. Probably and not. To be recognized uh, on a national, really international level. Um, so it was, it was one of the, it was humbling, but it also showed me that God does know best. You know, and don't just speak out because you're anxious or because you're emotional about something or you believe that um, that's, that's right for you. God knows, every, he, he is sovereign. He knows exactly, he's ordering your steps. And, and nothing surprises him. Nothing right. surprises him. Mean, and I think that's more than anything what you're saying is that so often we we act like, well, you know, I could never have seen that coming or, or it, what that's yes. really negative. Instead of going, nah, that didn't surprise the Lord. It surprised me. Exactly. So if it surprised me, the Lord must have had this in mind. What? Why did he have it in mind? I mean, it kind of screws up my plans, but my plans, you know, 
God says, I know the plans I have for you, and they're not what you got in mind. That's right. <laughs> so, and they're for our good, and that they're going to be for a good return. Right. And that's the thing that I didn't see, because, again, after that, the book was out, uh, TBN called. You know, things started to happen, and I thought, man, if I'd have been in that job, I couldn't have been on the television. You know, and then from TBN, I went on to Megafest with on Bishop Jake's <laughs> Megafest platform. That doesn't just happen. It right. was all a setup, but it was a setup for my good. So, and he was, and he was also allowing you to, um, you know, let him work in you in that situation where you saw you had to confess, you know, and, and I say, did. okay, I, I was hurt. I, so I, I was it, really it, hurt. And then all of a sudden, like I said, it started to change, but it didn't just, oh, I repented, and it, it happened right away. But I, as the months went on, it's like, wow, it unfolded. Mm-hmm. And then I realized, okay, this is exactly what God had in store. And it's, it's been great. But, it, again, this is a, it's a process. I think we're being processed to, to see that God wants what's best for us. He really does. Yeah. If we well, would just submit to him. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. right. Melissa, tell people how they can get your book. Um, you could go to Amazon.com. Um, I'm also on iTunes if you prefer an audio book. I'm also on Audible, uh, BarnesandNoble.com. Most of the online uh, Christian uh, booksellers will have it available. Or you can get it on my website at GreatLighthouse.com. That's G-R-E-A-T-L-I-G-H-T-H-O-U-S-E.com. Um, you can order it there, and I'll um, sign it if you'd like it personalized and, and mail it out. Very good. Melissa Weathersby, thank you so much for being on I Work For Him today and sharing all about your book, Are You Arresting Your Blessing? Thank you what very much. What a privilege. Much. Thank you all so right. much. Thanks. All right, bye-bye. And really, ladies and gentlemen, I just want you to ask that question of yourself. Are you standing in the way? Is your sin life standing in the way of having a, a free-flowing relationship with your Heavenly Father that He can just bless you with amazingness just by being so close to him we're out of time you've been listening to i work for him but i just want you to remember we all work work for for him. him